because we're so full of worship, worship leading, testimonies, preaching, share. I mean, my goodness, it's just you. I believe we've had uh, everything that's great this morning. Praise the Lord. Praise God. House of prayer. Jacob was Jacob was running from Esau. Mom and dad sent him away out to make a journey to Uncle Laban's house. And midway he stopped and had to rest for the evening. Made him a pillar of stones and I, uh, a pillow of stones, not a pillar, but a pillow of stones. I don't know how he did that. You know, I've had some tough nights sleeping, but I can't imagine rocks being my pillow. But he went and he laid there, and the Lord appeared unto him. We call it Jacob's ladder, but a, a stairway or ladder leading from heaven, from the throne of God down to earth, and angels were ascending and descending, bringing down something, taking up something. Bringing down something, take. I believe that's how the house of prayer is bringing down, or actually, actually taking up and bringing down, taking up and bringing down, taking up and bringing down. It's it's a flow channel. When he sees this, and he says, he said, he declares the place. He says, this is a dreadful place. I would that church services were to get to a place of so much presence of God that it will scare the socks off of you. That, you know, I really wonder if we could really have the true outpouring of presence of God and be able to handle it. We act like we can, but I'm telling you, the Lord appear and the power of God fall, it would scare us to death. It would astonish us. He says, surely this is a dreadful place. This is none other but the house of the Lord. He said, the Lord was here and I didn't know it. Maybe you showed up today and you thought maybe we were just going to go through some, you know, just a few little form, you know, formalities and a nice little this and that and everything. And then you're going to get to go home. I actually had someone tell me recently, said, you know, I come to your church and you know what? I can't sleep through your sermon. Yeah. I actually had a guy years ago told me that. I worked with him, and he decided he was going to come to my church and visit. He came to my church, and I preached. And he told me, he said, you know, he said, that was, that, that was good. That was a great preaching, great, awesome. He said, but man, he said, I'm used to going to church and going to sleep. He said, you wouldn't let me sleep. I don't get loud because I'm trying to keep someone from going to sleep. But I sure will preach hard to keep someone from going to sleep. Because I really believe there are a lot of sleepers. And I don't want us to be a sleeper. And I don't want you to fall prey to a drowsiness. Will you miss out what God has for you? This is a season, my friend. Something's happened. Something's happened, and we're going through it. I believe we are going to begin to see what's on the other side. March is over. We crossed over. Now we're going to see what it is to be on the other side. Won't you just claim that with me this morning? On the other side, 
on the other side. Hallelujah. You may be seated. My goodness, my goodness. Pastor Micah was really shocked that I asked him to preach on Easter Sunday morning. He was astonished. I'll tell you what, he he's not in the room. Maybe he can watch the live feed later, but I thought he kind of hit it out of the park last Sunday. The Lord just really used him, anointed him in a tremendous message. And I thought, my goodness, I'm glad I had him preach. I needed to hear that message. What a wonderful celebration it was last Sunday. How are you since last Sunday? That's my question. How are you doing since last Sunday? You doing better? Have you kept the faith? Are you in love with Jesus as much as you were last weekend? He's alive. And he's busy. He's busy. He's out of the tomb, and he's busy, and he's been busy ever since. Praise the Lord. I'd rather preach. Praise the Lord. I'm so glad that you're here today. Thank you for coming today. If you, if you haven't been here for a while, welcome home. Welcome back. So glad to have you and just want to encourage you in the Lord. And we've all been going through a journey, a great glorious journey that the Lord's been revealing himself, himself in the process. Could I have a little bit more volume or maybe on monitor on mine, my microphone? No, there's a certain level. You know what I mean? It's just I can't explain it. It's been too many years of ha holding a microphone. You've got to have that certain kind of level, and you're fine. You know? And then the classic statement to the sound guy, need, I need some more monitor. You know, it's, all, it's always the monitor. It's always the monitor. Amen. You guys are doing great, though. I appreciate it. And I will tell you that did you know that PAs have a personality? Oh, yeah, yeah. It had an attitude about the keyboard Wednesday night, and I, I had to turn it up and up and up so I finally could hear it. Then this morning, I had to turn it down, down, down. I don't know what. Maybe, maybe the PA was ready to have church this morning. I don't know. But i tell you what, I just, it's amazing. So I appreciate you guys doing the work that you do in that booth. Give them a round of applause appreciation. They're the, every one of them that has to, have to get through this, you know, and, and, you know, and so we appreciate your service unto the Lord. Turn with me and be ready to read in John's Gospel, chapter 12. I'm going to read two verses of Scripture, but I'm going to read it in three translations, not at the same time. But I'm going to read it in three translations. John, chapter 12, verse 42 and 43. I actually read this a long time ago. And I just felt like, you know, I've got to preach this. And then with Pastor Micah preaching last Sunday and what he preached on bold confession, I thought, oh, my gosh, I guess I better. I he didn't know I'd been reading this, thinking of this. It's like sometimes you get to a place in Scripture and you read it and you say, God, what, what am I going to do with this? I can't seem to add. You know, I do try to put clever things in my outline, but I couldn't, I couldn't seem to find cleverness. Yeah, it's hard to explain. You, you'd like to come up with something clever, something edgy, something funny, something that might stir your interest. And I think maybe God's already got our attention this morning. So I'm glad of that. We've been worshiping. God's been moving. But I'd like for us to turn to John's Gospel, chapter 12. Say yes if you're ready. You ready? All right, well, yeah, sure you are. I mean, there it is. Okay. We're ready to roll. Praise the Lord. 
Praise God. Verse 42 in the New King James Version Bible. Let's pray first. Father, anoint our ears, our minds. Anoint my tongue, God. Especially, Lord, anoint my mind. I am totally dependent upon you, God, and we're just celebrating your word. And I know, Lord, and I have confidence that there's always life in your word. And faith, let faith rise up in our hearts today, God. In the name of Jesus Christ, give us, oh, Lord, stuff to work with. Stuff to live by. Speak to us, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Verse 42. And this is a report John's giving. Jesus isn't saying anything here, but it's something I want you to notice. He's trying to share an update of what's going on and something we need to notice in this chapter, or in this time, in this moment in time in ministry of Christ. We know it's toward the end. We know it's at a closure. We know that uh, Palm Sunday or when he rode in Jerusalem had already occurred, so we know it was the last week. Verse 42 says, Nevertheless, even among the rulers, many believed in him. But because of the Pharisees, why don't you just say that word, Pharisee? One more time. You sound so good. Great. Say it one more time. Pharisee. All right. Pharisee. You're going to remember that. Pharisee. But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. For they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. They did not confess him. Who's him? Jesus. Lest they should be put out of the synagogue, for they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. Let me read those two verses in the Amplified Bible. Nevertheless, even many of the leading men believed in him as Savior and Messiah, but because of the Pharisees, they would not confess it for fear that if they acknowledged him openly, they would be put out of the synagogue, excommunicated, for they loved the approval of men more than the approval of God. In the Message Bible, reads this way. On the other hand, a considerable number of the ranks of the leaders did believe, but because of the Pharisees, yeah, because of the Pharisees, they did not come out in the open with it. They didn't come out in the open with it. They were afraid. There's a fear and getting afraid of getting kicked out of the meeting place. When push came to shove, they cared more uh, for human approval than for God's glory. As we look at this scriptural account, in John chapter 12, we must consider what had occurred in chapter 11. Everybody loves John chapter 11. There have been many songs written about John chapter 11. You know what? That address was Lazarus's address. John chapter 11. You find Lazarus there. 
you know, Lazarus in bad shape, Lazarus dead, but then kind of circumstances change. So here we have chapter 11, but even further back in chapter 9, you can find when Jesus healed the blind man. And we've talked about that where he went and had to wash in the pool of Siloam after he had muddied up his eyes. Jesus muddied up his eyes. I tell you what, I'd rather let God muddy up my eyes than to let the world muddy up my eyes. Because I know when he does it, here comes healing. You know, so that's a message all by itself. But the fact is, is that here we have in chapter 9 this incredible healing take place and many other things that John didn't record and what I liked about John is John didn't call them miracles he called them signs seven signs found in there's actually seven signs found in the book of John because he's writing to prove the glory the power the majesty of Jesus Christ that he's the son of God and so he just talks he calls them signs signs we need signs don't we that state trooper outside he believes we believe that we should have signs out on the road and when we don't pay attention to the signs, then what happens is that he does his job or she does her job. And, she, and they give us this nice little piece of paper that we have to pay for. Because we didn't, at the beginning, didn't read the sign. Didn't pay attention to the sign. People are just like that. They don't look at the signs. You know, you get in depression... Because you've forgotten the signs in your life. You're down and out and, and you're defeated because you've forgotten the signs that the Lord has given you in your life. You can't tell me that if you're a born-again Christian that you are, that you're a born-again Christian, that you have not seen signs. The Lord has shown up at different times. The Lord has done the miraculous different times in your life. And so all I can say, you need to go back and look at those signs. Rehearse your testimony. Rehearse your past life. Rehearse moment after moment after moment. Because hindsight is twenty twenty, And when you look back, of how God has moved in this situation and that situation and touched you here and helped you here, saved your life here and rescued you here. Then, my goodness, with the signs, I believe that he's Lord. The devil come to you and ask you, do you know Jesus? Do you believe, really believe that he is the son of God? Well, you say, of course I do. Because I can read the signs. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's nothing like the good old school of hard knocks, you know. Yeah, you can read about something, study, 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 but experience something. That's a whole new different story. Do we got any people with some experience in here? Come on. Oh, yeah. Uh -huh. I can see it in your face. I can see it in your walk. I can see it in your smile. I can see that there's stuff going on. And as pastor, I have the glorious opportunity of knowing some of your needs and situations and things that you've gone through. And can I tell you, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You've been faithful to the Lord during this time. God's going to continue to bless you. Amen. Don't forget the signs. Now, that's not even in there, but that's good. We must consider what had occurred in chapter 11. 
or even chapter 9 when Jesus healed a blind man outside the temple. But chapter 11 is the crescendo of his ministry outside of what we, outside of what we celebrated last Sunday. Are you still celebrating last Sunday? Yeah, uh-huh. Resurrection Day is still around. Oh, it, it's not on the calendar, but we live it every day, every day, every day, every day. It's Easter every day. It's Resurrection Day every day, every day. And then on Sundays, we get to come in and have a party because it, we worship on Sunday because it's the day commemorating Resurrection Day. Oh, oh, my goodness. And so, you know, and so just like we celebrated last Sunday that the, you know, Lazarus being raised from the dead, that was crescendo Jesus' ministry, but outside of what we celebrated last Sunday, which was his resurrection. But in chapter 11, just about two miles outside of Jerusalem, in Bethany, Lazarus is raised from the dead. Now, I'm just trying to lay out, laying out things here, okay? Because we're going to get back to John chapter 12, 42, 43. Lazarus no doubt, he was a prominent citizen. Mary and Martha, no doubt, were known in the community. And this event on that day in chapter 11 where Jesus shows up in Bethany and Lazarus is good and dead because he's been dead for four days. You know, in Kentucky, if a, if a Kentuckian was writing uh, John chapter 11, he would have put in there and said, Lazarus up and died and he was good and dead. And I can say that because I'm from Kentucky. One guy said, I'm a shucky from Kentucky. Okay? I don't follow UK basketball, but I'm praying about it. I'm stuck on U of L. Okay? So here we go. But the fact is, is that Lazarus was prominent. His, his, his sisters were, were well known. The people were there. And then that day, that report, that he was dead and the mourners were there. Oh, I love it when there's mourners and when God shows up. I love it when there's people who mourn and are in, I'm not talking about in the natural, I'm talking about in the spiritual life, they're mourning. Mourning because they feel defeated. Mourning because they don't think they've got to have any opportunity. Mourning because they've lost this or that, their job, their position, their house. They're mourning, they're upset, they're disappointed. Maybe in the brink of being, at the brink of being disillusioned. But then Jesus shows up. And I love it when the Lord shows up because he reverses the mourners into testifiers. They, they just decide they're going to testify what's happening because the Bible says that when Lazarus came out of that tomb, Jesus called him out. My gosh, I, I, I just cannot imagine the explosive I mean, situation. I mean, have you ever seen an outbreak of God in a worship service? I've seen people take off running, jumping up and down, weeping and swinging their arms and laying on the floor and carrying on. I've seen a breakout of the presence of God, but you let a dead man come walking out of a tomb and things are going to happen all around. You know what I mean? Something's going to happen. It ain't going to be, oh, well, praise the Lord. I can't quite get my arm up this morning. You know, I can't, I can't get it up. Yeah, you can. 
Yeah, you can. If I was saying, hey, I'm giving away $1,000 bills, anybody raise your hand, you have one? I'm telling you, it wouldn't be. This. Yeah. Oh, you raised Yeah, happy dance even. Hey, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just like you're on the Oprah show and you everybody gets a new car. For you and you and you and you and everybody. All go crazy. But I'm telling you, Lazarus coming out of that too. Ain't nothing been seen like that before. Ain't nothing. Even one time Jesus later on in the chapter. After he leaves the temple and they're ready to stone him, they hate him and, and all that. There's people who gather at the river after he left the temple. He went to the Jordan where the river of repentance. And people followed him and said, John the Baptist never did what you have done. They knew there's something in Jesus, something in him. So with this great miracle that took place, this event was earth-shaking. The news spread all over the region. So much popularity that the religious leaders, they became angry because of what they heard, and they plotted to kill Jesus. And they also thought, well, let's knock off Lazarus too. Now, Jesus being a wanted man, we find in Scripture too in those chapters, there that Lazarus decides to have a dinner party. And Jesus be the great guest. It would be a dinner party for Jesus. I tell you what, I get raised from the dead. I'm going to have a dinner party. You know? And whoever done it, I'm going I'm gonna, I'm gonna to get them a big chair to sit in. And people are going to wait on him and talk to him and be around him. But Lazarus, he didn't care what people thought. He's going to throw a dinner party. Even when Jesus was a wanted man. And he only lived two miles away from Jerusalem. And here it is, he's throwing a dinner party because, you know, that's what believers do. Believers throw a dinner party for Jesus. They celebrate the Lord. They don't, they don't, they don't ignore him. They just got to see him. I can imagine even that dinner party was pretty exciting. Because, I mean, people look at Jesus. Then they stare at Lazarus. Then they look at Jesus. Then they stare at Lazarus. You, you know what I'm talking about. They just watch. Is he really alive? Yeah, he's alive. Look, 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 he's eating a biscuit. He's alive. He's alive. And he did it. He's alive. He did it. Do you see the excitement, the, the energy, the power that was generating? God was setting up the stage so much that in we find in chapter 12, Jesus goes and he comes riding in Jerusalem because the talk in town is, is he going to show up? That's what the scripture says. They're, they're talking to one another. Is he going to come to Passover? Is he going to come into town? And people are so, and then suddenly the word, somebody must have yelled out, he's coming! And everybody say, oh my gosh, i got to get something in my hands. i got to do something here. I just can't stand here. Jesus is riding in there. He's coming. Oh my gosh, let's go grab a branch. I tell you what, I don't think I would have wanted to have property there right on Main Street of Jerusalem, if you know what I mean. Every tree down the street was bare because they come stripping the branches off, 
grabbing their coats. Well, I've got to present something of worship and glorify him. And they threw their coats down and branches before him and cried out, Hosanna to the king. And the Pharisees, religious people and the Pharisees, they didn't like it. They hate it. Come on, Jesus. Tell your disciples to quiet down. We don't believe it this way. Have you ever, you ever been told that before? By people, well, we don't believe it this way. And you know what I tell people when they tell me that? I, I look at them and say, man, I'm so sorry that you're missing out. You're missing out. You get excited over everything, other things, and you make expression and carry on. Why can't we get excited over the Lord and praise him and glorify him with all that is within us? Glorify and praise his holy name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All of us ought to be going home from church feeling like we've been in a workout. You ever been in a workout? I get off that exercise bike, and I don't feel real victorious. I just say, man, I tell my wife, don't talk to me. I want to talk right now. Let me gain my composure. We'll talk later. Maybe we won't be that way about church. Say, I don't want to say nothing right now, hon, because I just got out of church. And I just had praised myself to death, praising the Lord and glorifying his name. Yeah? Why don't you get that way? No, the world wants you to sit at home and watch church virtually. The world wants you not to hear live music nor live praise. The world wants you to settle for that. I don't know. I don't know. The, the big guys that have the digital things, thank you, Lord, for that technology. But I will tell you there's no substitute for the body of Christ, for the family coming together. You know what I mean? Just like some of you weren't able to celebrate Easter with your family last year, but it really was sweet when, when Daddy or Mama finally sliced that ham and you sat down at that dinner table and everybody was around. Oh, that's right, we're not supposed to do that yet, are we? But the fact is, is that we've been doing it. Why? Because the family has to get together. And when God's people get together, we celebrate our Lord and we love one another and we pray for one another and encourage one another. That's, honey, I'm, I'm declaring in Jesus' name the season's over. Oh, come on, somebody believe with me that this season's going to be over. We're going to move forward by faith. Believe in God. Hallelujah. I'm not putting down anybody. I want to lift people up. Glory to God. They need to be lifted up. Encourage the power of God. Uh -oh. I got to get to the, my message. John 12, 42, 43. I haven't gotten there yet. He rides in the town. He sits. He's on the donkey. The colt of the donkey. He's riding in not in something an old animal, but a new animal. Because Jesus, I, I thought that's kind of silly. You know, he probably was a grown man. He was in his 30s and got on a colt of a donkey and riding in. It displayed humility, but it also displayed that he's going to ride in with something new and not something old. And, and I will tell you, people don't like new stuff. Religious people do not like new concepts. Oh, it's quiet now. But they don't. 
They don't. My question is this. This word never changes. Theology, teaching, the way of salvation, it never changes. The way worship is and how we love God and how we serve God, it never changes. This book is eternal. But I want to tell you, I've lived 61 years, and I have seen one culture change after another, and people change, and and ideas change in certain ways. But if we're lifting up this word and lifting up the name of Jesus Christ, and it may look a little different, and I stand in a challenging way that eventually, I tell you, my generation, is it's, it's been, I mean, somebody just passed me by in a sports car. They, the new generation's moving forward, but I will tell you, and I make a vow before God, I don't care if it looks a little different. I don't care if it's something I can't really physically do or be involved. I don't care as long as the name of Jesus Christ is lifted up and souls are being saved and people are being birthed in the kingdom, amen, because uh, uh, things change. That's why you're not driving your old rusty car anymore. You got a new one. Because it's time for change. We all change is good. But the word of God doesn't change. Method can change. Message never. That's why we may do things a little different or have, but now it's so everybody's doing it. But at one time we were doing something different. But I made my mind, I'm still going to preach. I'm still going to be Pentecostal. That's who we are. You know, we're, we're a spirit-filled church. We're Pentecostal, and that's, that's who we are. I'm not going to try and copy anybody else. Praise the Lord. Now, with all that going on and everything happening, all of these, then we find here, there were leaders who decided that they believed in Jesus. It was just too much, too much that they could push away from. They just had to believe. And know him. Well, what about these Jewish leaders who were reluctant believers? Well, we know of Pharisees, two of them in particular, Joseph of Arimathea and, and uh, Nicodemus. They talked with the Lord. They had influence. Armadea, uh, Joseph, he went and provided the borrowed tomb for Jesus' body. So I do believe the, their names are mentioned because somehow I believe they, they continued on in the narrative and story and account of the, of the new church. I just believe that. They believed in Jesus. But then there's that group, the synagogue leaders, and then there's the Pharisees. The Pharisees were an ancient Jewish group who laid the foundation for what would become rabbinic Judaism. The name Pharisee likely comes from a Hebrew word, preshem, meaning separated ones. But it's unclear what exactly the label signified. Because the ones who named them Pharisees were the other people. Called them Pharisees. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. Somebody were sending you a Christmas card. And in the Christmas card, they write in their enduring, loving words and say, you know what, you just mean so much to me. You're such a Pharisee. Now, how would you take that? If someone looked at you, you're a Pharisee. Or they're laughing, you're such a Pharisee. I mean, really, why, how would you like to be called 
a Pharisee today because of our understanding. I mean, it's just, we know it has a negative connotation to it. You know, Pharisee, Pharisaic attitudes, Pharisee, legal, hard, driven, separated ones. Have you ever met someone that was too holy for their own good? Really what it is, they stop being holy somewhere down the line and they, they thought they still are and think that they still are. So they suddenly judge everybody, kind of like the measuring rod. You know, Inspector 12. You find them on Facebook. You can add, put in a good word and you're happy and somebody's going to add a little something there. God put a little comment in there. Thank you so much. We appreciate that. Yeah, right. Uh, you know. Well, couldn't you just say, put a smiley face and let it go? No, we got to put some deep meaning of correction in there. Somebody say, man, you know what I'm talking about. You've tried to post something happy, cheerful, and good, and somehow or another it wasn't quite sound with someone else. That's, that's the Pharisees, okay? I mean... Their job, let me tell you about them. Some of the Pharisees, the, their biggest contributions to Judaism was they emphasized the oral tradition, which is great. They argued uh, uh, was equal to the written tradition of the Torah. In other words, the oral tradition, the way they taught, was just as important spiritually as the Torah or the Word. Then they extended Jewish practices into life outside the temple and instilling greater piety in the common people. I, I just love these notes, and you know, do you know what this is? To, I can I can put that in two words, all that. Church police. Going to find the wrong, and going to make it right. You're not a quite living up like maybe you should. You know, you need to be like me. You need to live like me. That's Pharisaic. That's being a Pharisee. That's why we don't really like it about Pharisees. Though they have, they had a purpose in me. And the only really good thing that was wonderful about them is they, they believed in an afterlife. Can you imagine being a Sadducee, knowing all this stuff, and there's nothing after death? What's the point, you know? People say, what's the point? But at least the Pharisees believed in afterlife, and here is Jesus now. And he's raised Lazarus from the dead. Uh, what, what do you think about someone, you know, the Pharisees, then sudden synagogue leaders and starting to think, well, I believe uh, in the afterlife, and here this man is alive, and he raised them from the dead. No wonder there were those who started to show interest to know who Jesus was and start believing in him. The evidence is overwhelming. They just couldn't help themselves. They had to start believing. So they started. They started. Despite their influence, no matter what, you know, no, you know, what's interesting is that while they were, they've been described many different ways over the centuries. But listen, this is about Pharisees. They're defined as a religious sect, a political group, social movement, and school of thought. All right, we're going to have to go against certain thought of today. We're going to have to go against 
the criticism and live in spite of it and believe in spite of it and in spite of the intimidation and manipulation we've got to believe in spite of that but you see here these those who started to believe the Bible says and we read that verse of scripture they believed in him but because of the Pharisees they did not confess him this is not the age this is not the method that we can live you'll die spiritually even today even though the pressure seems to be turned up more on the, the negative attitude toward Christianity, especially toward holiness, and believing in this book being the written word of God. There's a lot of prejudice and a lot of uh, stuff out there that maybe it's the spirit of the Pharisee that's going to correct, but they're watching, they're looking, they're keeping an eye on us. You know what you and I got to do? We got to decide that we want to be lovers of God more than the pleasures of this world. We got to decide that we love God more than the fame of men and the, and, and, and the people around us and people's opinion. We got to be willing, no matter what, to stand for Jesus Christ, love Jesus Christ, no matter what, even if it is against popular opinion. So I'll tell you this. Keep posting about Jesus on Facebook. Keep doing it. Keep telling them about Jesus. Even eventually, they might even edit you, but you keep doing it. You keep going to that workplace and tell those people that around you, as Cassie was talking about, our work, our ministry, to reach people around us. Share Jesus to them. Is there anybody in this house that loves, loves Jesus? Raise your hand. Anybody in this house really, really, really love Jesus more than anything, more than no matter what other people say, I love Jesus and I'm going to serve him no matter what. Are there any determined people in this house? Are you going to be like the wishy-washy religious people who can see the signs and the evidence but the cause of all the influence around them or what they might lose uh, but really what they didn't realize they lost everything because they didn't confess him publicly. You must confess him openly as your Lord and your Savior and your King and serve him openly. Why? Because he's just too great. You just can't help it. You just can't help it because you love him. You love him so much. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They didn't go open because they were afraid. They didn't openly confess Christ because they were afraid. What, what were they afraid of? What was the fear? Well, it was the fear that they would be rejected. Fear they would be thrown out of the temple and remembered. For the Jews was attached to the temple. And remember, when you're thrown out of the temple, you, you've been excommunicated. You've lost salvation, according to them. It's a big step. And if they were thrown out of the temple, that was the same thing as being sent to hell. Serious business, isn't it? I look at some people who are caught up in cults. Not occult, but cults. And they're scared to death to even talk to me. And I look at them, my heart's breaking, and say, oh, honey, brother, you can be free. You don't have to be bound. 
You can find the Savior and Lord to forgive you of your sins. You don't have to earn it. It's already been given. You just receive it. Amen. It's nothing to do because everything's been done. There's no works that you do except just confess and let him be Lord of your life. And so here it is. They were afraid of that, so they were afraid of the religious implications. But mostly they were afraid of the approval of their religious heads. These Jewish leaders were more interested in the approval of man than of God. So even though if they knew the truth, even though they had the evidence right in front of their faces, they were willing to throw, it, throw that out right out the window because they were more interested in pleasing man than pleasing God and more fearful of man's judgment than God's. Romans 1 and 12, Paul says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes to the Jew first and also for the Greek. How many here are willing and ready? Let's go public. Let's go open. Let's be open with our faith. Not sarcastic. Some people think they're being open because I'm going, now I can be sarcastic. No, it means that the love of Christ is shown forth out of you so much the people are going to be attracted to you and they're going to know that you are a Christian. You are a Christian. I'll never forget it. When I was a teenager, when I was a, y- a younger boy, I got saved. And when I was a teenager, I'd go to school and I'd take my Bible with me. I'd take my Bible with me and I'd read it. I would only just cut, carry it. During study hall, I'd read it. There were boys that I knew, friends of mine, they just kind of would tease a little bit. One by, especially by the name of Tony Brown, he used to always call me preacher. I don't know whatever happened to Tony. Maybe Tony would see it on Facebook, who knows. But I shared my witness and continued to do so. I wasn't called to preach. At that time, I had not formally started preaching in a pulpit. But see, you know, you, preachers aren't the only ones supposed to be out there. You know what I mean? There's not enough of me to be out there for you. You've been called and commissioned by the Lord to go out there, to be out there. And let God use you. Later on, years later, my mother-in-law goes to a conference service in Louisville, Kentucky. At that time, I had started pastoring, been pastoring for a while. And I moved away from Louisville. Listen, I have no contact with any of my high school people I know. I, I don't even know where they're at. You know, my school was uh, eliminated. The uh, high school was torn down. I mean, there's no history. There's no reunions. There's nothing. All my schools are gone, really. In other words, you know, I got to tell you, everything that's been in my past has been abolished. I mean, my elementary school, my high school, my college, I mean, everywhere, and, and even some churches. So I'm just telling you here, don't, don't worry. I'm going to stay here for a while, okay? I won't ever leave you, all right? No way, this is still be around. But she went to a special service, and all of a sudden, she's talking to someone in the, in the foyer, a bunch of people there, and mentioned Ron Bynum and Leah. Her daughter, Leah, is married to Ron Bynum, and they passed her in Cincinnati. And at that time, a, a voice rang out. And he says, Ron Bynum? I went to school with Ron Bynum. He said, we used to call him Preacher Boy. 
He said, but now I'm a Christian and I serve the Lord. He said, we, we used to really give him a hard time. You know what my mother-in-law did. Of all the aggravating things she did to me, she never asked the guy's name. Can I tell you, that is how tormenting that is. I'd like to know who it was, but we do know he existed. How many people, you and I, have that opportunity that will run up to someone and say, yeah, Tessa Martin, I know her. She's a Christian. She serves the Lord. Yeah, yeah. Greg, Lacey, now let's go with him. Yeah, he was quite a rocker too, what I hear, but he was kind of a wild child. But, you know, I, he's a Christian serving the Lord. How many people have you influenced and you and I have influenced? That ought to energize us to influence more, to reach out more. Because you know what? That thing is over. It's going to be over. And there's going to be a lot of wounded, hurting, messed up, kind of confused people that have been fighting that warfare without Jesus. And we're going to be ready to tell them, listen, there's someone that loves you, that wants to get close to you and cares for you, died on the cross for you. It's a love that I've never had before. And when I found him, it's the greatest love of all. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. Tell me I'm not excited. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited about all the harvest that people are going to be brought in God's kingdom called to you. I'll see you. Right now, the Holy Spirit's showing some people's faces to you right now. People you work with, people you know, people you've been around, people in your family. You can win and influence. You know what I tell you? Do it. Just do it. Don't be like that crowd that knew all the good things but then didn't have an open confession of their faith. Be open with your faith. Be Jesus freaks. That's an old term and I've dated myself quite a bit but be a newsboys. Was the newsboys just saying Jesus freaks? Who was it? DC talk. That's even further. DC talk. Jesus freak. Be crazy over Jesus. Anybody crazy in love with him? Oh, I just sense and know that you are. I know that you are. Why don't you right now, I just sense the Holy Spirit in that, and you're crazy in love with the Lord and you love Jesus. Why don't you just lift your hands toward the Lord, the worship team come. Just lift your hands toward heaven. Just love him. Talk to him. Lord, I love you. I love you and I care for you, God. You're so important to me. I don't know what I, where I'd be without you, Lord. I don't know how I'd live without you, Lord. Lord, let your life that you've given me, God, let me be able to show forth that life to other people that they'll know about Jesus. They'll discover you, Lord. You've commissioned us at this time, Lord, to go out. And in our going out, we're going to talk to people, reach out to people, minister to people. We want people to discover the love of Jesus through us, that there's a way when there doesn't seem to be a way. And that way's name is Jesus. Lord, we love you. We glorify you. We praise your holy, holy name.
name, oh Lord, oh Lord, oh Lord. If you've been inspired this message about being a witness and, and living for God and letting going out there and being out in the world and letting the word know, let the world know that you know Jesus and getting the word out, will you just now just stand up on your feet and say, yes, it's me. I'm going to be that person. I'm going to be that person that serves the Lord. I'm not going to be the one that decided that there's too much pressure around me that I'm not going to go open about Jesus Christ. I'm going to witness to people, Lord. I'm going to witness to them about you. I'm going to pray for people. I'm going to offer prayer in the public when I see people and say, do you need prayer? I'd like to pray for you. Just reach out to them and minister to them in the name of Jesus Christ. Go ahead and sing.